story eleven of gulliver the great and other dog stories by walter a dyer this librivox recording is in the public domain story eleven wotan the terrible mild gray-haired professor hewitt appeared in the doorway of the living-room with an open letter in his hand dr niles wants us to take wotan this summer he said wants us to take wotan echoed his wife what is that some kind of patent medicine no replied the professor without the suspicion of a smile it's his dog he and his family are going to europe and they don't know of a good place to board him mrs hewitt pursed her lips dubiously but harriet their pretty tango-mad daughter laughed merrily oh let's take him she cried he'll keep us company till college opens again i've wanted a dog ever since poor old bobby died what kind of a dog is it inquired her mother he doesn't say replied the professor adjusting his spectacles and consulting the letter it's probably one of those awful chunky bulldogs with a face like a chinese idol said mrs hewitt who was seldom optimistic perhaps it's a dear fluffy little palm suggested the more sanguine harriet anyway let's take him i would like to oblige bert said professor hewitt gently he's done us so many kindnesses and it isn't as though we lived in the city of course it would be out of the question in the city mrs hewitt was not convinced but the more harriet thought about it the more she felt she wanted wotan and in the end as was usual she had her way dr niles expressed his great appreciation in his next letter but seemed a bit perplexed as to the best method of sending on the dog so professor hewitt who found it necessary to go to new york on business anyway offered to run out to garden city and get him a week later a taxicab stopped at a grand central station and a somewhat nervous-looking professor of biology stepped out with a small valise in one hand and the end of a dog chain in the other a quiet word and a tug on the chain produced no effect the professor placed his valise on the curb and hauled at the chain with both hands come wotan he called with as much of stern authority as he could command a little knot of the curious gathered about him a large proportion of new york's population are professional spectators and a man of the john bunny type suggested that the chain might be caught on something the professor knew exactly what it was caught on and bracing a small foot against the taxi proceeded to heave convulsively presently the chain began to draw out a little and at length a great brindle crop-eared head appeared by jove exploded a dapper chiroptidist looking little man it's a pony huh responded a wise newsboy scornfully if it was a pony he'd ride em it's a pup a long muscular foreleg as big as the professor's arm followed the head and with a mighty effort that threatened the taxi springs wotan drew his ponderous teutonic bulk out upon the sidewalk the john bunny man stepped out of the way with a boyish agility that nearly ruined the dapper gentleman and picking up his valise professor hewitt led his stately charge into the station they proceeded to the information desk where the professor wished to inquire how one went about getting a dog into a baggage car he was obliged to wait while the more or less patient clerks explained timetables to a row of anxious and uncomprehending females 
wotan posed majestically his head on a level with the professor's elbow and another little group of tired business men and cosmopolitans formed a circle about them what kind of a now dog is he inquired a son of judea in a green felt hat a great dane replied professor hewitt whose calling was to impart information what is he for that is what does he do asked another onlooker with the air of one who made a careful study of things his question suggesting that these animals might be used for piling teak at mandalay well, i don't know what he does yet replied the professor there was a slight drawing away on the part of the crowd and a young man was heard to remark to a lady with him that the belgians used them for hauling field guns in the war the professor was becoming a trifle annoyed by this attention it is a carnivorous species he said maliciously and there was a retiring movement on the part of the commuters the professor was told by a sprightly and intelligent clerk that livestock was handled by freight but he insisted that wotan was a zoological specimen that would need to be handled with care because intended for microscopic purposes at last he found a sympathetic irishman from the baggage department who seemed to know what to do with wotan during the homeward journey the professor was able to concentrate his mind on other matters and leave the problem of transportation to the railroad company even at springfield he refused to be worried and extracted a certain apprehensive pleasure from the spectacle of four trainmen inducing wotan to change cars while the news spread about among the youth of the city that a circus was being detrained in the passenger station the details of professor hewitt's journey with wotan from the atwater station to his home on sabbath hill are enlivening though monotonous with the help of a dusky giant who had once travelled with an uncle tom's cabin outfit he managed to get the dog hoisted into the single dusty hack that was waiting but wotan had become weary of vehicular travel and was a bit restless in an elephantine fashion also he was disposed to be affectionate upon rejoining his new master and he expressed his emotions by persistent though ineffectual attempts to curl up in the professor's lap detaching a vest button in the process crushing two perfectly good cigars interfering with the professor's pulmonary functions and variously damaging his appearance and upsetting his equanimity when the hack stopped at the professor's gate the idea of home and food was in some way suddenly suggested to wotan's unburdened intelligence he leaped to the ground with unexpected alacrity jerking the annoyed savant after him in a parabolic exit the professor applied his slender brakes but the approach to the house was executed in whirlwind fashion wotan seeing a hospitable doorway before him opened wide his cavernous mouth with its horrific armament of gleaming fangs and emitted a shattering roar of canine delight whereupon mrs hewitt promptly swooned on the threshold wotan paused for a moment in wonder to sniff at her prostrate form but before the professor could gather his scattered wits together wotan snatched the chain from his relaxed grasp and dashed joyfully into the house by this time harriet had come breathlessly to the rescue narrowly escaping a head-on collision with the invader 
dragging her mother's limp form to one side she closed the front door with a half-formed idea that the fury were better contained whereat the hackman drove regretfully away wotan confused by the unfamiliar labyrinth of rooms slackened his headlong rush and proceeded to investigate to his benighted mind the possibility of discovering food seemed as likely to exist in one place as another he sniffed about the corners nosed mrs hewitt's work-basket into an unrecognizable tangle sneezed a peck of fine ashes out of the fireplace and tested the flavor of a giant horseshoe crab long defunct and very brittle during this exploration he was continuously and disastrously wagging his monstrous tail a rocking-chair was sent into violent oscillation the glass doors of the bookcase resounded under a terrific thwack the potted begonia went sailing off its tabaret to destruction and the not uncourageous professor received a disabling blow some inches below the chest it was the butter-balls that suggested the solution maggie the maid deposited them precipitately on the dining-room floor upon her first encounter with wotan this fact probably saved the leg of lamb for maggie retreated rapidly into the kitchen and banged the door shut while wotan paused to devour with a moist sowing sound the delicious golden globules by this time mrs hewitt had partially revived and harriet assisted her to a couch in the living-room where she continued to give vent to weak little screams every time wotan's tail came into contact with the furniture with a resourcefulness born of desperation the professor baited wotan with a cracker and taking another hurried out of the front door with wotan threatening to upset him at every step it was only when the great dane was safely housed for the night in a box stall in the unused barn in company with the remains of yesterday's roast a loaf of stale bread and a bucket of water that peace descended at last upon the hewitt household it took some little time to get used to wotan when he had become calmer and more accustomed to his surroundings he was allowed inside the house again but though he did not repeat his introductory performance one had to be constantly on the lookout for him he always wagged his tail when pleased and it was necessary to manoeuvre toward the front to avoid the danger of a lame hand or black and blue thigh apparently this tail which possessed several of the qualities of an elephant's trunk was insensible to pain or he would have learned to restrain its violence when all breakables had been removed to mantel or plate rail or broken wotan's posterior activities aroused less apprehension then there was the perennial surprise of his dimensions his chief indoor sport next to eating and wagging was to lie at full length on the living-room floor and snore when in this posture he occupied practically all the available floor space if one attempted to enter the room through the dining-room door one encountered a great head and shoulders which constituted an obstacle well-nigh insurmountable for a scant-skirted person if one made a wide detour and attempted to gain an entrance by way of the front hall one usually found that approach blocked by wotan's hindquarters it was possible by means of a well-directed french heel to arouse him to wakefulness or at least a shifting of position but this was usually accompanied by so perilous an upheaval that the method was generally abandoned 
while dozing in this extensive fashion wotan's snores were whole-souled and unrestrained he was delightfully naive about this quite lacking in self-consciousness these snores aside from their effectiveness in expressing an elemental emotion possessed a carrying power out of all proportion to their harmoniousness i mentioned his eating if you take the appetite of a small gray kitten and multiply it by the difference between its weight and wotan's you will have a reasonably accurate estimate of the dog's alimentary demands at first they fed him daintily three times a day with the residual miscellany from the family table but wotan's disapproval of this system was unmistakable then a belated letter came from dr niles advising one meal a day administered at night the salient characteristic of which should be bulk detailed suggestions followed and wotan's dinner thereafter consisted of two quarts of skim milk and a couple of loaves aggregating about five pounds whose chief ingredients were cornmeal raw beef scraps and the greater portion of those by-products and remnants of the commissary department which previously found lodgment in the galvanized iron pail dessert usually consisted of a bovine thigh-bone with such shreds of suet and sinew as might still cling thereto wotan did not consume all of these bones when through with them after the manner of his kind he buried them most dogs following the instinct of the wild bury their bones surreptitiously a terrier will take his bone down toward the currant bushes and then with many backward castings of the eye he will sneak around to the other side of the house here he will scent out a likely spot in the geranium bed and with a fury born of the fear of pursuit he will develop a hole of ample proportions in about forty seconds herein he places his precious bone tamps it down and pushes the earth back in with his nose when all is over he returns to the kitchen steps by way of the back hedge sublimely unconscious that any deductions can be drawn from a soil-caked nose and a broken geranium it was not so with wotan when the marrow had been extracted from his bone and the outside polished to his satisfaction he would take it boldly in his teeth unsuspicious of man or beast lay it tenderly on a row of lettuce in the garden and proceed to undermine the barn it seemed important to wotan that his holes should be ample in area and that his bones should be deposited well below frost line but his solicitude appeared to depart after the last few spoonfuls of earth had been pushed back in and it was generally necessary for some one to go down with a spade and restore the grade there were one or two little habits of wotan's which i hesitate to mention through fear of indelicacy one was a propensity to shed his coat during the summer months everywhere he went he deposited innumerable short sharp hairs which seemed able to travel on their own responsibility when once set free and which displayed a depraved ingenuity in getting into places and substances where they were not wanted one day wotan escaping observation lumbered upstairs and found a pleasant resting-place on professor hewitt's bed it was autumn before the professor ceased doing penance for his family's lapse in watchfulness 
another unfortunate characteristic was a moist looseness about the sides of wotan's mouth which made him unsafe in the presence of a silk skirt and not always pleasing to visitors who did not understand his little ways but wotan was dignified he was majestic he was physically superb he was a perfect foil for harriet's slender prettiness and she was fully aware of the fact she took him walking through the village nearly every day and though there was a paucity of desirable young men along the lines of march in whom she cared to arouse sentiments of admiration it gave her a feeling of satisfaction to know that she attracted attention and perhaps envy and wotan always behaved perfectly if he left something to be desired in the way of high spirits he at least never disgraced her by mad rushes in the direction of unwary cats or undesirable canine citizens her chief delight was to waylay acquaintances who were evidently afraid of wotan one afternoon in early september she returned alone from a call to find something unusual going forward in the front yard her father and mother she knew were both out and wotan had been left to guard the premises instead of bounding toward her in his usual stiff-legged way he remained apparently preoccupied beneath the maple trees by the front porch beside him she discerned a panama hat which he had apparently nosed and moistened a trifle but had left otherwise uninjured harriet's eyes as she approached were drawn upward to the branches of the tree dangling his oxfords from a lower limb sat a man on the safe side of thirty dressed in light flannel trousers and a blue serge coat he was somewhat bald and wore round tortoiseshell spectacles otherwise he was quite good-looking harriet paused and regarded him with amusement oh you can come down now she said wotan come here the great dane arose clumsily and stalked up to her with a puzzled expression of inquiry the young man after a moment's hesitation swung himself from the branch and dropped to the ground picking up his hat gingerly he said this is miss hewitt i suppose harriet nodded i am winter the new laboratory assistant he volunteered harriet advanced a step and held out a gracious white-gloved hand well, i'm pleased to meet you i'm sure she said with a polite smile i just arrived in atwater this morning continued winter and thought i'd run up and pay my respects to your father i was met at this point by your honest watchdog and not having been previously introduced to him i thought it prudent not to force my acquaintance upon him perhaps i did him an injustice oh wotan wouldn't harm anything said harriet winter overlooked the unflattering impersonality of the remark i believe you said he placing a hand tentatively on wotan's head and i am relieved father should be back pretty soon said harriet won't you come up on the porch and wait for him so they seated themselves in the rocking chairs wotan thumped down between them and the three proceeded to become acquainted it was about a month later that the burglar came it was maggie's thursday out harriet and wotan were alone in the house and the burglar rang the front doorbell he was a genial prosperous-looking burglar and very polite you need not be alarmed said he stepping inside i will not try to sell you a vacuum cleaner or a war manual i have merely come for the silver and jewelry and any loose change 
harriet gasped are you a burglar she asked breathlessly you are clever he replied admiringly i am harriet stepped back hastily wotan come here she cried the great dane ponderously approached from the rear of the living-room and sniffed inquiringly about the burglar's trousers the man patted him heartily on the shoulder whereat wotan flopped down on the floor to continue his nap i shall not hurt him said the burglar i have seen him so often about town with you that i feel that i know him quite well i like dogs harriet clutched at her breast in desperation what are you going to do she demanded the burglar displayed a suitcase which he had brought i am merely going to fill this with a few trinkets for the children said he and then i shall have to go my time is valuable and i am afraid i can't stop for much of a call he led the way into the dining-room and opening the drawers of the sideboard began methodically to pack up the family silver harriet slipped quietly back into the hall and took down the telephone receiver you needn't bother said the burglar proceeding with his work i took the precaution of cutting the wires and i wouldn't scream or anything either the hathaways are all out and no one would hear i am sure we shall be able to finish this without any excitement or confusion in a panic harriet seized wotan by the collar and tried to prod him into a state of activity but in vain he remained the picture of aloof dignity now said the burglar appearing in the doorway if you will accompany me to the chambers we will see if we can find a few things to fill in the crannies with he was a large man of commanding personality in spite of his pleasant ways and he wafted harriet ahead of him up the stairs when the little job there was completed he went to the back of the house locked the doors and put the keys in his pocket i thank you for your courtesy said he returning i am very glad to say that it has been unnecessary to disarrange anything i will now bid you good afternoon he paused with the door partly open and his gaze fell upon wotan that is a valuable dog he observed i believe i shall have to take him along with me i like dogs taking wotan's leash from the hat-rack he snapped it into the collar and with a deft tug induced wotan to rise harriet threw her arms around the dog's neck but the man was too quick for her and wotan sensing the prospect of an afternoon walk stalked out leaving harriet in despair upon her knees the door banged shut the key was turned in the lock on the outside and harriet heard the man's retreating footsteps on the front walk forgetting the dignity of her twenty-two years she ran upstairs opened the bathroom window and clambered out upon the roof of the bay window a dozen years of young ladyhood had not obliterated this avenue of egress from her mind careless of the extensive exposure of white silk stockings she made her way along the stout limb of the old baldwin tree and thence by a well-remembered route to the ground scarcely pausing to adjust her attire or give thought to her hair she ran down to the gate and almost into the arms of winter who had just dismounted from his bicycle did you see him she cried on the verge of hysterics which way did he go who 
the professor asked winter in amazement taking advantage of her distraction to hold her soft arm no a burglar no one was home but me he came right in and got all the silver and things and, and when he went off he took wotan with him oh you must have seen him he only just left he must have gone out to the back road i came up the other way said winter you hurry down to professor smalls and get them to telephone to the sheriff i'll overtake the man on my wheel and see if i can detain him tell the sheriff to drive up the back road he was off in a moment and harriet hurried tearfully down the hill to do his bidding around the bend by turner's farm winter caught sight of the man with the suitcase and the big dog a quarter of a mile ahead wotan as usual was behaving beautifully the burglar was walking rapidly and was about to turn into an unused woods road when winter overtook him the instructor rode a few paces ahead of him and then turned and dismounted the jig is up said winter you'd better give me that bag and dog at once if you hope to get away the burglar smiled sardonically how so young man he inquired winter as a matter of fact did not know just how but he placed his slight but determined figure in the other's pathway an ugly look took the place of the smile on the face of the burglar i could knock you out in about two seconds said he convincingly winter realizing his ineffectiveness if left in a prostrate and insensible condition drew aside a step as the burglar menacingly advanced then an idea struck him lie down wotan he commanded wotan nothing loath and recognizing a familiar voice promptly and weightily obeyed get up wotan growled the burglar tugging at the leash wotan lifted his head doubtfully lie down wotan repeated winter and the dog with a sigh settled comfortably the burglar set down his suitcase and seized the leash in both hands he hauled and jerked desperately but to no avail he might as well have tugged at the sphinx his geniality entirely disappeared and he uttered a number of very ungentlemanly figures of speech referring in unflattering terms to wotan's hitherto unimpeachable pedigree winter withdrew a few steps thrust his hands into his pockets and grinned stubborn isn't he he remarked the burglar gave wotan a resounding kick in the ribs wotan grunted then he gave him another and wotan made an unaccustomed little noise in his throat and drew back his upper lip i wouldn't do that warned winter you never can tell the man glanced at wotan's big tusks and the swelling muscles of his jaws and applied himself again to the leash perhaps a glimpse of winter's grin infuriated the burglar for he wound the leash around his hands and threw his whole weight against it down by the snap it gave way and the burglar fell back heavily over his suitcase winter burst into ill-considered merriment and the burglar leaping to his feet started to annihilate him but winter was agile if not burly and deeming it the proper moment for temporary retreat sped down the road the burglar already half-winded by his exertions ran a few yards in pursuit and then seeing nothing to be gained by a handicapped foot-race returned to wotan winter promptly turned back to his post of observation 
the burglar now seized the dog's collar and with the idea that a combination of choking and lifting might do the trick but wotan merely rolled over after five or ten minutes more of struggle in which the burglar aroused winter's admiration by his display of ingenuity and strength the man sat down on his suitcase and mopped his streaming brow i'm damned if i'll leave you now he said earnestly to the immovable wotan whereat the dog stretched his head out upon his forepaws and closed his eyes suddenly the sound of approaching carriage wheels caused winter to turn and the burglar to leap to his feet a running horse came around the bend in the road followed by a buggy in which sat the bearded sheriff and another man with harriet wedged between them the burglar giving wotan a parting kick on the flank picked up the suitcase and made for the woods but winter was prepared for this and was close on the fugitive's heels reaching forward he caught the handle of the suitcase and nearly wrenched it from the burglar's grasp the latter his flight suddenly checked turned and swung his clenched fist viciously winter ducked then the burglar alarmed by the rapid approach of the buggy abandoned hope of all save personal escape relaxed his hold on the suitcase and plunged into the thicket as soon as the buggy drew up the sheriff and his assistant leaped out and started in hot pursuit leaving winter to assist harriet to the ground falling on her knees in the dust of the roadside she placed one arm around the suitcase and the other around wotan's neck and pressing her face to his sobbed convulsively into his left ear winter a little perplexed as to what should be done in the circumstances stooped down and patted her shoulder sympathetically and that's how the affair commenced end of story eleven